Chase, how is it that a young girl in Theodore has aspirations and takes up the sport of hockey? How did that come about for you? Well, I started at a very young age. My first ever hockey game was with my big brother, Keenan. And ever since then, I loved the game. I started off playing in Springside Theodore. And first year, Adam, I came to Yorkton and played there until Bantam. Then Bantam, I played Springside Lions, which it was based out of Springside and Churchbridge. And then at age 14, so grade 9, I moved away to Saskatoon to play for the Stars. And then in grade 12, I was at Pursuit of Excellence in Kelowna, British Columbia. That's how my journey started, and it's going now. I'm in Robert Morris University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on a hockey scholarship. So, Yeah, uh, quite a ride indeed. That first game, uh, playing with big brother Keenan, how old were you then? really little maybe five I honestly don't really remember but everyone was like after the game came up to me you're so natural you're gonna have to start hockey yourself and all that and ever since then I love the game so uh you moved away as you say when you were 14 to play with the uh, Saskatoon Stars uh the conversation between uh your dad Gerald your mom Annette and yourself about somebody so young leaving home what was that conversation like honestly i was not scared at all i was ready for the next step in my life and next adventure and i was excited um i kept getting phone calls from teams around the saskatchewan midget triple a hockey league to come play there and the decision was once i went to the saskatoon camp and they offered me a spot right then and there that I decided that's where my hockey journey is going to go. And um, I was not scared at all. I don't even think I really shed a tear when my parents dropped me off for the first time. (laughs) I was just super excited that I got the opportunity I did. You had great billet billet parents? Yeah, I did. I I had two different billet parents. So I lived for the first two years I was there. I was with... um. Callan and Sherry Gable, and then the last year I was with Tracy and Russ Kushnerick, so one of the girls, her name was McKenna Kushnerick, I lived with her for my last year, so in grade 11, I had the best built parents anyone could ever ask for, I think they really made me like it better there, because they were just like another family to me. And not not really that far from home? No, not at all, it was just a three-hour drive and I could be home or so some weekends on the off weekends my parents would either come visit or I'd go home. So Those three years with Saskatoon had to be great development for your game. Uh, not only were you playing on an elite team, you got uh, terrific coaching too. Yeah, um, my coaches were outstanding. That's why I am where I am today without my head coach, Greg Slobosian, and my assistant coach, Curtis LeCision, I don't think I would be where I am today. They're, they know a lot about the game, especially Curtis playing in the NHL, and even Greg, who coaches NHL players, and he just they're all full of knowledge. Yeah, Curtis LeCision not only played in the NHL, he played defense. You're a defenseman. I mean, you're getting top-notch coaching, because uh, I imagine... 
he had a lot to do with uh, your development being that he probably was coaching the defenseman? Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah, he had a lot to do with my success and where I am today. Okay, so when now, after like those three years in Saskatoon, you're off to Cologne. It's called the Pursuit of Excellence. Current coach um, Ed Zawatsky, the Maulers in town, ended up coaching uh, the Pursuit of Excellence out there as well. How is it you got there? Um, well, after my third year with the Saskatoon Stars, I just decided to take another step in my hockey journey and thought that a prep school training every single day would be something to my benefit to get me more prepared for college. So I took that big leap and I got the offer to come to that school and I took it and then, yeah, so it really helped with all my development and stuff. It's a great program down there. Uh, that got you ready for your next step, which is going to be um, college and uh, in the United States on a full-ride scholarship. Uh, Robert Morris University, where actually is that? It is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's That's... just outside of Pittsburgh. It's actually in the States. They have like a lot of suburbs around and stuff, so we're technically in Moon Township but it's about 20-minute drive from downtown Pittsburgh, so it's not far at all. Uh, isn't it just town after town after town, suburb after suburb? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So they all can join, and they're pretty much one. So it's uh, easier to say Pittsburgh. How have you found uh, the, uh, the transition? I mean, you went from Theodore to Saskatoon, to Kelowna. So, I mean, you've taken steps in preparation for Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How's a young uh, Canadian girl accepted there? Um, honestly, my journey was not quite like anyone else's with my accident and all that. Um, but I feel I'm prepared, like going to Pursuit of Excellence prepared me to take this next step and Obviously, the hockey is a little bit faster because girls are four years older and they have a lot of, you play a lot of Olympic, like potential Olympic players and even some that are in the Olympics that went to the last Olympics. So, like, the step was a big step, but I didn't find it too hard now that I'm back at it. So, Yeah, getting yourself assimilated. You're in your first year there, right? Correct. So you moved down to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or at least, as you say, outside of the actual city. But um, August 27th, uh, you're out having a little fun with a couple teammates rollerblading. And this is the uh, accident you talked about. Explain what happened. Well, I was rollerblading with two of the girls on my team. We, we were still in pods quarantining at this time. I was It was my third day on campus, and we decided to go for a nice little rollerblade, which didn't end up being so nice like I thought it was. So we were going, and by our business center at our school, there's a big railing and a hill, and we decided to go down it. Like, you have to know our campus. It's very hilly, probably one of the hilliest campuses around. And I didn't know. I had no stoppers on my rollerblades. It was either run into a building, jump into a bush, or try to grab onto the railing like I did. And then I tried to grab onto the railing, but all the momentum and speed I had building up to that point 
was not good for it. Um, I hit my leg. I When I grabbed the railing, my leg got bent under the railing and stuck, and I broke my tibia and fibula and had a main artery puncture, puncture in my lower leg. So my leg was stuck in the railing in a backwards L, and I screamed for help for my two teammates, and they came rushing, and they said, you do not want to look at it, and they pushed me out of the railing because I was physically stuck in the railing. I could not get my leg out. They called 911? Yeah, so on campus, you have to call the campus police before you can get to 911, we didn't know that, but then there was two other ladies working, and they saw it all happen, so they ran, and they were already on 911. So then uh, the ambulance came within 20 minutes. Ambulance in about 20 minutes. In the meantime, you're just kind of laying there? Yeah, I was laying on the ground, like not okay. I was in so much pain because I was still in shock, but I feel like lots of it went away for a while, and I I was screaming for help while one of my friends called my dad. One of the friends were talking to my people I live with so they could get my insurance and health card and all that as you're laying oh, there in pain, crazy. how how did they try to comfort you? What what were they doing in an effort to, I don't know, take your mind off the pain if that's all possible? Um, honestly, the one girl was just like rubbing my back and saying it's okay, like don't worry. And she kind of sat in front of my leg so that I couldn't look at it and right. see that how bad the accident actually was. And then I also talked to my parents on the phone, even though I was kind of out of it because I was in so much pain mm-hmm. at this point. So. It, it was a type 3 open fracture, which uh, I think your orthopedist said is, is the there's type 1, 2, and 3. 3 being the worst, that's the one you had. Uh, a break of the tibia and fibula, uh, the bone actually coming out through the skin. Tiger Woods just went through an accident. Very similar thing, bone coming out. You needed two plates and 20 screws with four surgeries. Is that right? Correct, yeah. I was actually lucky that my surgeries went well and my skin and swelling went down, the stretchiness of my skin, or else I would have needed like five more because they thought they were going to have to do skin grafting on my leg. Uh, One of the biggest concerns beyond the fact you've broken your leg badly is the punctured artery. Uh, That became a real concern, didn't it? Oh, yes. So... They, no one really realized how bad it actually was until I got in the hospital and they saw, they took all the tests and MRIs and all the x-rays and stuff and then they found out that I could lose my leg and my two teammates were sitting in the emergency room and they came out once I went into surgery and they're like, you're just trying to save her leg right now and then they started crying because they didn't know what was happening and the surgery was a long time, I think. I don't even know, it was probably five, six hours for sure, just how severe it was. So I had a lot of interior bleeding too, or internal bleeding, sorry. Four surgeries over how big a time period? Um, I was in the hospital for 11 days. 11 days? Yeah. Then you get out, and you're in a wheelchair? Yeah, um... I had a wheelchair and a walker. I, when I went out like to the rink and stuff or to the cafeteria or anywhere, um, I would use a wheelchair because I was not able to 
put pressure on my leg and to walk on one leg far distances, like my stamina and all that wasn't there. I was super weak, and so I would use the wheelchair. But to get around, like, our living quarters, I would just use the walker. Now, when could you actually make it weight-bearing? I think it was in October. I don't exactly remember the date because it's been such a whirlwind around here with everything and all that. But I think it was in October I started 50%. And then in early November I was able to put full pressure on. And tell me about that that process. I mean, uh, when was it in your mind that, you know, there has to be a time that, that you're, you're talking to yourself and you're sitting in that hospital. And, you know, when, when did it, I don't know, come across to you at some point in time, you go, it's not going to end this way. My hockey career is not going to end this way. And, and you get your mind in a place that you're going to recover from this. Honestly, the hospital was not the time to think about that. I had a lot of pain medication and other things to worry about when I was in there. And I don't, I'm just going to say it how it is. I don't remember 11 days of my life when I was in the hospital. I can remember a tad bit, but, and if someone tells me something, I'm like, oh, maybe I did do that. And then I remember, but as soon as I got out of the hospital, just seeing the girls and the team and them training every day and, I, that was when I really was like, I want to get back at it. I don't like watching. I'm not in my hockey career like this. I'm pushing to so get sh- back. Shortly after, shortly after you got to the hospital was when you kind of decided that it's not ending like this. Yeah, exactly. But through when I was in the hospital, I had a positive, positive mindset all throughout, and I was determined to get out. That's for sure. I was like, I'm getting out of here, and I set limits when I was going to get out and every day I would say to the nurse, am I allowed to go today? (laughs) Am I allowed to go today? And then I started being more independent in the hospital and then they finally released me. So, Tell me about like who you worked with. I mean, there must be on the campus uh, people that uh, work in rehabilitation or whatever the case may be that the process begins that they start you on bending your leg or different things you need to do. Who helped you with all that? Um, at the start, my trainer, Hannah Masters, she really worked with me because at the start it was only bend my, bend my knee. And then late October, November, I started going to see physiotherapy because that's when I could start applying pressure to my leg. Right. And then full pressure, so that's when they said the next step is to go to PT. So then I started going there, and then also there's campus doctors and stuff, and I saw them about every week just to check in and see how everything's doing. So it was a whole group of people, I guess, I worked with. Um, Everything they did uh, was for a reason, and it all worked well. You really had no setbacks? No, actually, my... Recovery went months before it was supposed to. So I started skating November 24th, and they told me like a week before that I probably wouldn't be skating for six to eight months. 
And then a week after, um, I got x-rays and all that, and my, my like, process with my foot movement, because that was the worst. My foot, because all the nerve damage and stuff, I couldn't lift my foot like a normal person could. Mm-hmm. So once I got all that figured out and stuff, they allowed me to start skating six to eight months before I was supposed to. Six to eight months before you could skate, you were on skates? Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, were you even surprising yourself? A little bit, but my mindset was get back on the ice. I do not like watching. I want to be out there. Like I want to be getting. I want to be getting, like, back on the ice with the girls and stuff. I had a very positive and determined mindset. Uh, and you back. You're you're back on the ice. Are you not? You're playing games. Yeah, um, I got cleared in January for full contact, so I started just practicing with the girls and stuff, and then I started playing. What did it feel like the first time Coach said, Sperling, you're on? Oh, it was awesome. Everyone on the bench was cheering, and they were so excited, jumping up and down and hugging me. and they were ever, It was just a wonderful experience. I was a tad bit nervous not playing a game for, like, almost a whole year, which is a lot for me. I've barely taken time off ever so because of COVID and then all that, so I couldn't really play a game this for, like, a year. So then I was a bit nervous, but I played wonderful. I, I honestly, the first shift I got, I had the puck the whole time. <laughs> it, um uh, it's something to the. You don't have your knee braced or anything when you're playing. Nope, not at all. Like nothing on it at all. Nope. It's like it never happened. <laughs> yes. Even though exactly. it did, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it is it completely out of your mind now, Chase, because of the fact that the hardest thing probably is that first game. After you get out of that and the knee feels great, it's like away we go. Yeah, um, it's totally out of my mind. I don't really think about it. Um, I did get a little bit of tendonitis, but that's about it. I still have a little bit, but it does not really bother me, and I don't focus about it when I'm on the ice. I just clear my mind and don't think about it at all. So, Tell me about uh, Get Well Wishes. Uh, your phone must have been lighting up over the last number of months. Oh, yes, for sure. Um, when I was in the hospital... The amount of people that I called or people called me and texted me was crazy. From what I remember, like, I had a lot. Like, people I didn't even really talk to, just hearing about it. They were texting me and stuff. And now, about all the articles and podcasts that I had done, everyone just commenting and wishing me well and, like, saying how much of a miracle this was and an inspiration. And it's just, it's honestly the best feeling in the world when you can overcome something so severe like I did. The human spirit is uh, is a pretty strong thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, tell me about your mom and dad with the accident, COVID in place and having to cross the border. Just, I mean, and that must have been somewhat of a basket case, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, my parents were very supportive with me. When I was in the hospital, I wish they could have came, but I didn't want to risk any of them getting COVID, and I told them to stay at home because it was harvest time, and it was important to get the crop in the bin, 
And I really was just like, I can handle my own situation, like not wanting them to even try come because of how much of a hassle it would be to get across the border and then them risking themselves getting COVID and stuff. I was pretty independent, didn't really need their help, I thought. I just, I wish they could have came, but I was like, I'm old enough to handle this situation by myself, and I wanted them to finish harvest. Well, you've been so. pretty much on your own since you've been 14 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't a big deal. I'm sure they wanted to be there and would have loved to have been, but you're right, COVID across the border, having to uh, go into quarantine for 14 days on the way back, having to do the same thing. All of a sudden that puts, and, and the thing of it was, Chase, the surgeries had gone so well, your healing was taking place, and the pain you were feeling at that time was a healing pain. You know it's getting better. Yeah, for sure. Um, it makes, they were super supportive, though, and yeah. stuff. And so. I bet they were indeed. You are uh, truly an inspiration, not just to uh, uh, hockey players of both gender, but uh, to, to, to all who see that uh, these types of, of unfortunate accidents that happen and cause big-time damage to the body and, as you say, your human spirit and your dedication and commitment uh, to, uh, to wanting to get back onto the ice and be with your teammates truly is an inspiration for all. Thanks for spending some time with us, and uh, best of luck at uh, Robert Morris University and continue to play well, Chase. Thank you so much for this. Um, much appreciated. I love talking about my recovery and sharing my story, and I, I'm always extremely excited when someone gives me the opportunity to share, and especially with local people back at home.